Don't you dare think that just because I let you buy me a cup of coffee that now you can work your way into my life and screw it up. I'm not some lonely lovesick airhead waiting around for Mr. Right to come around and save me from a life of single hell. I will never, ever, ever be your baby, your mother, or your love pocket. And if you lie to me, I'll feed your balls to my cat. Strangers in Paradise, Volume 1, Story and Art by Terry Moore. In the beginning, there was nothing. Then there were comic books. Once you enter our world, there is no escape. Comic exposure begins in 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast. My name is Josh, and with me, as always, is my slice of life comic book character. The one, the only. Once I had a love and it was a blast, <laughs> but then turns out I'm Travis Ratz. Oh, oh I, didn't was, even, I didn't even know how that was oh, going to end. I started off as added, a love story and then it now tremendously, tremendously sad. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the Comic Exposure Podcast where Travis and I dive deep into graphic novels or trade or we talk about uh, nerd dumb stuff we're reading, all sorts of comic book stuff. And you are on a comic book club episode, folks. And you're in for, I don't think, Travis, it's been a while since we've read a book that wasn't like the end of the world or superheroes or, and I'm, I'm excited for our conversation today. I'm excited for our conversation today. Travis and I read Terry Moore's Stranger, Strangers in Paradise, Volume 1. Uh, this was an um, indie comic book published on his thing, Abstract Studios. Three issues comprise uh, Volume 1. And um, it's like, what, 78 pages? So three slightly. I mean, this is when comic books were 25, 26 pages. So 1993, um, baby. 1993. That's why I'm wearing my overalls today. You were in your overalls. You need, to, you need to unhook one of them. And then perfect. And yeah. then you, and you've got it. Uh, so we're, we decided it's February. Um, we decided let's let's read a little... Let's think a little romance. Let's talk a little. Let's talk a little bit about love. And so, we didn't read Archie. We're like, nah, Archie seems too on the nose for this. Um, so we wanted to read something that neither of us had read before. That is kind of lauded in sort of indie comics world. Mm-hmm. We've read some Terry Moore before. Motor Girl. Uh, Motor Girl, which was a fun, a fun little story. Yeah. Um, and so we said, let's do Strangers in Paradise. And here we are. Talking Strangers in Paradise. Travis, you want to lay the groundwork quickly for what this story is about? Sure. So Strangers in uh, Paradise is uh, Terry Moore. This What we read is the beginning of this long-spanning decades story. And the story itself is really, from what I gather in the future, and the whole premise is it's a love triangle between, between three people. Uh, and those three people are Francine, Kachu, and David, yes, Josh. I see you, you looking looking at my notes. I did write some notes. <laughs> I'm, I'm I was going to I was going to this morning. We we have now changed our recording schedule where it's the morning for me and the evening for you. And so I've been up for all of I guess I've been up for about an hour at yeah. this point, which isn't bad. I've got I've got my coffee with me. I was going to do some, some notes. I was going to do some notes this morning, but uh, I didn't. So, <laughs> so here, here, here we are talking so, about this. So, so yeah, it's it's yeah. This, it's this love triangle uh, between these three characters, and we meet them all 
uh, in the this first volume of it. Uh, so the first volume, the, the real kind of romantic adventure is we have this character Francine. And Francine has a roommate named Kachu, and they kind of fall into these archetypes. And Francine is very much the hopeless, romantic uh, kind of. Uh, um, how would you How would you describe her as? Uh, she's she's like your. I mean, I guess we can talk about I, the characters. Yeah, after I get yeah. The let's, so we have. Yeah. So we uh, Francine uh, is we we meet Francine as she is being basically dumped by her. Uh, Boyfriend of the year, Freddie, and dumped on her anniversary. What? Terrible, crazy, Freddie. And uh, then her friend is swooping in to kind of take care of her, and you know, maybe get back at that boyfriend. And you find we find out that Kachu Kachowski, whatever her mm-hmm. actual name is, uh, is is also Kelly Kachowski. Yeah, Kelly is Kelly Kachowski <laughs> is also <laughs> is also in love with with Francine. Yeah, so. And then um, we, and then uh, very soon in the volume, we meet our our third uh, point in this romantic triangle, and that is David, a young poet who uh, yes. is uh, enamored yeah, by Kikachu. <laughs> I can see a lot of myself in this David character. <laughs> uh, uh, who's enamored uh, on this meeting uh, of Kachu and kind of wants to be a part of her life. And therefore, if you're going to be a part of Kachu's life, then you're going to be a part, of, be Francine's part of Francine's life. life right? And we see uh, 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 the, the, the romance play out as Francine... Uh, deals with the breakup. Kachu tries to get revenge for Francine. Fra- uh, Francine takes things into her own hands. The police get involved. And uh, it's a very 90s and tale of reality bites, people. It is. It is very... So let, let's just talk about it. Like, let's talk about what we were thinking when we when we went into reading this book. So you and I were trying to knock around what sort of slice of life, romance kind of story do we read? Um, and that's not like a... It, it It is kind of in indie comics it's yeah. not something you see a lot of in marvel or a lot DC. of web comics were coming yeah, up when I'll, i was looking at what we could read yeah in in i think this is one of those classic stories terry moore is a lauded indie comic book creator he's made tons of stuff with women who look almost the same in every single one of his stories but he's a darn good artist and so we had we were originally going to read which was the one we were going to read Eleven rockets Eleven Rockets, and uh, I started it, and I was like, "Oof!" Um, <laughs> I just thought it would be hard for us to talk about quickly because it was pretty long, and it felt a little convoluted to start with, and it didn't feel like what we were looking for. Right. So I had said, "You know, let's try Strangers in Paradise," which is really what I thought Love and Rockets was. When you said let's try I get, Love and I get them, I get them so confused because <laughs> I think they're black and white comics and they're from the same story. era. Yeah, and I think what we're talking about here, and uh, you know, part of this podcast is you know going in and filling in our comic holes. Uh, and for me, as a uh, a comic book reader, uh, this this is not what I was reading in the nineties. This is not you? what I was reading in the nineties, but it was always in the background. This was there would always Wizard magazine would always throw in a reference to Strangers in Paradise or they would have an interview uh, with Terry Moore. And so I was very familiar with the character and the covers. Uh, if you go into a comic book store or if you go into like a Barnes & Noble or going through the trades, Strangers in Paradise was always there. So it's always one of those things for like the last three decades that just hasn't gone away. Right. 
And so that's anything like that, I feel that's where I kind of like, hey, that's a hole I need to fill. If it's been it's on worth, the sh- it's worth your read. Yeah, right? if it's right? been on it's the shelves that many years. And uh, let me start. Uh, can I throw something out there? Maybe yeah. we could start with this way because you know yeah. I did not plan a outline structure in these notes. I just wrote down four names. Um, <laughs> and so uh, one of the things that I was pleasantly surprised about and had a really fun time reading this. I enjoyed this quite a bit. Oh yeah, um, it was fun. Is I don't know if this this chicken or the egg situation where it's 1993, this comes out, right? And then you have like the mid nineties, like the reality bites, the chasing Amy's, the, uh, all those kind of nineties grunge singles, you know, the Cameron yeah. Crow type stuff come out and it all feels strangers in paradise. And you know, like you think of empire record, like all yeah, those movies yeah. that and, kind of, yeah. And I don't know, and I, maybe I'm giving Strangers in Paradise too much credit. I don't know if this is just taking something that was kind of like a counterculture lit, lit type in the 80s or 70s and just bringing it to the fold. But it also seems like the Richard Linklaters of the world and the Cameron uh, Crows of the world and the Kevin Smiths of the world would be reading this shit, you know? Yeah, and it, it feels very yeah. zeitgeisty, right? Yeah. It feels like whatever is in this is kind of prevalent in a lot of that stuff. And I guess if you think about it, so you think of these, you think of like the eighties films, when we talk about like 16 candles and, and all of that, Mm. well, what happens when those people get older? Right. right? Yeah. And you think about 30 somethings as a show and like, okay, we took, you know, happy days. What happens when those people get older? And you think of like the night, like wings. I tell you what, shows... there's, there's not a day that goes by, Josh, where I don't think about where Long Dong Wong is now. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but you think about it and this just feels like, okay, we we took those sort of 80s teen m- movies and, and stories and go, okay, well, what happens with them when they're adults? Right. right. And I wonder if that's just an exploration of what we're doing in the 90s is all is these writers who, you know, wrote about or read about things of like you think of happy days and what did that mean? And where are those kids now that they're not like, let's move those kids as adults and put them in the in the 90s. What are they going through? And <laughs> I was reading something and originally um, Terry Moore wanted this to be a comic strip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was originally he was originally pitching the idea of like, okay, I'm going to do a comic strip, but he hated the gag a day thing of comic strips. And so you can tell me, that from like could, the character Kachu. Kachu is a name of a comic strip character. You know, it's not the yeah. name of a, a, what you'd find in a, a series. Right. But this feels, it does feel very comic strippy. Yes. It in, does. A, in like a really good way. When I think about like, I never read, you know, the sort of, those were the comics I skipped as a kid in the, those you know, were I didn't, the days. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't, I didn't read, uh, you know, what was the one, like the Prince one, Prince, Prince Valiant yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I skipped those ones. I, mm-hmm. I went right to like, you know, Calvin uh, Hobbes. Uh, Hagar the Horrible yeah. and Calvin Hobbes. Right. But, this feels very much like, and it's the black and white nature of it, but it feels very much like, you know, let's tell that, let's tell that story in bits and pieces. Um, and well, I mean, and that essentially is the soap opera, the novella, right, in, right, in a comic strip form. And so right. that is kind of a, I don't want to say a bastardization, but a mutation of a larger form of storytelling put into a different medium, shrunk down. Yeah. And now we're taking that 
bringing it back up. Still comics, but we're getting closer to that soap opera form, but with all right. the 90s zeitgeist stuff that we have in And there. it was very soapy. Like, very soapy. Um, do you like that stuff? I, do you, do, when you oh were growing man. up as a kid, did your mom did always you watch, have, like, General Hospital well, and stuff yeah. on? Yeah. I watched Days of, Days of Our Lives, baby. Uh, that was I was me. a Days General Hospital Lives. guy. I love Days of Our Lives. And then uh, Marlena and, like, all of the stuff from Days of Our Lives. When you get to and stay then, home from school. Yes. And, like, that would did be you watch? Playing? Did you ever watch Passions? Did you ever watch Passions? No. That was, that we, was, we were very Passions limited was, where I came from in our uh, Passions, <laughs> was, Passions was really, like, this weird one where there was, like, a witch and, like, a doll that came to life as a boy. It was weird, but very, so it was super strange soapy, right? That actually sounds um, pretty cool. But it was so soapy and it was, it was a blast, man. I had, I had a lot of, a lot of fun reading it. When we think about these characters, these four characters, um, what character did you, what character did you enjoy the most reading or what character kind of did you think, oh man, that's the driving force behind this? Because it's hard to pick who's I know, the main. I mean, is. the yeah. two main characters are Francine and Kachu, but who's the protagonist? Who really is the focus of this book? And it's not there, and and that's not often something you get no. in a comic book. No, right. No. This and, feels and David very... comes in, and you, you, get, you get this sense that David is going to have a much larger presence as the series goes on. I'm sure he does. Yeah. But if you look at like future covers, it really is that Francine and Kachu. It seems yeah. like that's where everything kind of goes to uh, on there. And of the two, I don't know. I think I I Kachu I, 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 has my number because it is very like that. There's like a tank girl aspect to her, you know. Yeah, but. However, I found myself more interested in how Francine was dealing with conflict because her way of dealing with conflict felt more human or at least a way that I could identify with. Because I'm not the, hey, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to settle this right now. We're going to take care of this problem right now kind of person. I'm much more of like the, hey, I'm going to internalize it and kind of brood like Francine does. Uh, and so I found myself, while Kachu might be the more uh, vibrant character, your your manic pixie dream girl, like right, like yeah, that's Kachu. Yeah, and I think you, if I was reading this as a teenager, it'd be Kachu hands down, you know. And then I'd have a little, k- k- well, Kachu chief underneath my <laughs> pillow. <laughs> it, it feels like. I, I think you're right. Like Kachu is that sort of like, there's no way who, like who acts like that, but that's the, you know, like, I mean, it starts off with her shooting her alarm clock. Right. And not like a dream sequence where she shoots her alarm clock, but an actual, she shoots her alarm clock. Mm-hmm. And then you have, Frank which Shane again, feels, feels very much like the start of a nineties movie. Like, right? it feels like and, a start of mall rats where like Brody's like hitting his alarm <laughs> clock or something like that, you know? And And then you've got, and then you've got, you know, um francine being very much like um trying to solve her romantic issue and and i agree with you modern josh buckley it's like oh it's francine right like francine's the one who's feels vulnerable and she's like figuring it out and i connect with that character more but i really do like um terry does a, a terry moore is a fantastic like cartoonist and I mean that in like the best way possible, yeah. right? Um, he especially shows, here in this book, I think he shows so much emotion, mm-hmm. so much facial acting on all of these characters that you can see how they feel, you can see what they're up to. They're um, sexy, but they're also like super ugly, and we'll talk about that when it comes to the art. And 
uh, well, ugly and, when they need to be. Yeah. And like, you know, he does all of that very, very well. But there is a lot of like goofy gags throughout it too that that feel very like when I mentioned early on, like this is he was comic stripping, like thinking about a comic strip. You feel that in some of these, you know, some of these stories where it's like, here's a small vignette of what's going on that day. Okay, back to the story. A good example of that is in one of the issues here, uh, the police arrive at their door to bring Kachu in after Kachu has basically tortured Francine's uh, ex-boyfriend, Freddie. So the police show up at the door, but it's a whole SWAT team. Right. Yeah. And there's this character that looks like the Punisher and he's pulling her out and like doing all this, you know, it becomes like there's like like missile launchers and things in there. So it is odd. I yeah, and there's the peeping Tom neighbor and like that feels very sort of like vignette and cartoony and over the top. But if this was literature, you know, in a novel, you might you might be able to get away with calling it magical realism in a sense. But it does feel that way, though, yeah. right? Where because, it's like, like there's, there's the... just slight breaking, slight uh, going beyond the borders of reality, but not so right. much so that it's like, oh, right, I can fly or, you know, I can cast a spell or things like that. Right. Well, you, you think the whole, the whole, her whole revenge on, uh, on the Freddy. cheating boy, on Freddie, is to um, dress him up like a clown, naked tie him up in a department store window with a magnifying glass on his, on his, on his penis. And it says like, my name is ready. Freddie. Won't you take me home with you? Right. Like a sign around (laughs) his neck. That is so over the top. Um, But it feels very, when you, you mentioned it earlier, it feels very mall rats. It feels very Kevin Smith. And so you can see that sort of like this having that influence on the sort of over the topness of some of the stuff in mall rats, right? Mm-hmm. Some of the stuff in those stories that, that we get. Um, well, not even, but it, only that, but also just like mainstream media, like will and grace. I mean, here we have, right. this is 1993. This is before Ellen came out and her sitcom. This is before Roseanne's kiss. This is, uh, this is where you could tell this story because the, the, the general population wasn't paying attention. So they weren't getting upset. They weren't getting outraged. And so he right. got to kind of tread some ground on a monthly basis um, and develop this kind of love triangle that is beyond gender, beyond sexual preference. And it's yeah. just about what like these characters falling in love with the idea that someone's there and has their back and and right it's like what happens like friendship i i and we'll talk about this later on i started reading the second volume because i was like it's I on really, my list i, I really to. i really don't know like where this story could go i have an idea but i i think knowing terry moore the little i've read of him he's gonna take us on some detours and i know looking at the series like There'll be like one volume where he takes him back to high school. And then there's another one, like there's a break in where Jim Lee actually draws it and they're superheroes. So there (laughs) is some of that magical realism where it's like, let's play with these characters that you've known for like eight years. And we're gonna take a little break for a year and then put them in this different scenario. Yeah. And it was, it was a really, I really enjoyed reading it. And I'm, I, volume two is on my list, right? Like, okay, I want to check out volume two. This was only three issues. And it was, it wasn't 
fast, but it also wasn't slow. Does that make sense? Like right. this wasn't, I think I read it in one night. I read it in a night. Yeah. Because I couldn't put um, it down too. It wasn't like, right. oh, it was so it, small. I read it in one night. It, no, it was, it was like, I got to, I got to find out what happens. And, and it feels, it does have that, you know, that soap opera come back for the next episode. Mm. Here's that cliffhanger. What happens next? Here's that thing that drives it. When you go like, oh man, she's like the big two panel spread where Francine finds her ex boy, like goes to go try to make it up to her ex-boyfriend. And he's like, with another woman in his office and they're, you know, in the throes of, you know, making love and, 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 you know, that giant two page panel, you're like, Oh, that's the end. That's the end of the soap opera, right? Like that's the scene. You're like, what's going to happen next, right? It feels there are moments like that throughout these three issues that even in one issue, you'll get those, Hey, you want to keep reading moments. And that's really, that's really good storytelling. Do you think if you read this in high school, you'd feel a lot cooler? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, me too. I was yeah. reading this and I was like, "Gosh, what a missed opportunity!" And so, because if I would have read this in high school, I would have liked it back then. Yeah, I, I just, I just wasn't going to seek it out, you know. No, and I think like for me, as I left, you know, as I left comic books in high school, right? ah, yeah, yeah, um, you know, so I, you know, got out of, I stopped reading comic books and started doing music and all of that in high school. And I mean, 1993, I wasn't in, I was in grade, you know, I was in yeah. grade school in 1993. Right. But I'm sure, I mean, this was still going on. Sure. I, I wish I would have found it and, and, you know, but instead I, you know, I watched movies. like It would have been a, it would have been a perfect clerks and a, a perfect compliment to my thinking about romance and friendships <laughs> in that day. Like it just, like I, I, I'm going through this and I was like, Oh my God. So all these things, ring true it's kind of like when i go back and listen to like skate punk songs that i yeah. used to listen to as a kid and you're just like oh man those were the those were the emotional beats of my youth uh i yeah. don't really connect to them as much anymore now but like they, I, they do ring true for a time period and uh yeah. he captures that really well in here do you have like favorite scenes or, or favorite storylines in this um i i really enjoyed this sort of like um Francine's sort of breakdown moment. I thought that was a really sort of like, like I'd mentioned before, like you, you they, Francine's that character who becomes overly vulnerable often in this. Right. Mm. And I think when you compare that scene to when she comes back to see Freddie later and the juxtaposition of her attitude and her thought that goes into those two scenes, right. When, when Kachu's in trouble, um, at first when she goes in, she's like, I'm trying to make you happy, please. Like I'm here. Look, to, you know, like I'm, t I take me like, let's do it right now in the part, right in the park. Yeah. 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 And she's kind of having that breakdown, but then you see her be that strong person later yeah. when she goes to see him. And she's like, if you don't do this, um, I have, you know, yeah. I'm going to blackmail you. I have this information about how you've been doing this wrong and this wrong in your company. Like she goes out of her way to get that, you and know, that's get that information. And that's after that, her, her friend is threatened. And then you get to see right. like, really what, what you can what see the friendship with. pushes her. And so I really enjoyed that sort of piece uh, of it. I think you're absolutely right. I think that might be the best two pages in, in the book. And, and just to go into a little bit further, uh, cause this is my scene as well. Uh, what Josh is talking about is. So uh, Francine obviously is dealing with this breakup uh, on her anniversary. Uh, she's not, it's been a year and she has not slept with Freddie, which is yeah. like, I, you know, like part of me is like, Freddie is a monster. 
Freddy is a, a, a he's like an asshole character and stuff like that. But I'm like a year. <laughs> like part of me, like I that opening conversation is just them in bed. You don't get to see them. They're just t- he's like they're both drunk, and he's like, hey, well, how about you know like now? And the next morning, he's like, I don't know like what's going on. It's been a year, and she's like, oh okay. And then she goes to surprise him at his work on his anniversary. Uh, to sleep with him as like an anniversary gift and he's in there with his secretary. So then she yeah. has this breakdown. And what the, the scene that Josh is talking about is she goes to meet him at this park and instead of being, you know, like, how could you do this to me? She goes, I understand. And here, this is what you want. Let's do it, right? And then it it just, over two pages, it builds from like, oh, this is a really sad thing to like, oh, no, 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 she's having a manic episode. Like she right. is... Like, as it progresses, you see in the art and in the dialogue, like, oh, this isn't, like, your attempt. You're just grabbing at any straw. And as you're saying it, you're almost getting more upset with yourself that you're saying it. So it's just like, I'm doubling down. I'm doubling down again. I'm doubling it down again until she's naked in a car and crashes it into a tree. Right. And and, uh, and that was a really good story. And then I also, I think that just shows, I mean... And it's really the tour de force of Terry doing art, like the facial expression. You see Francine's face change throughout the conversation as she's getting more upset and more sort of like, you know, bothered by what's going on. And then you've got um, the same thing happening with Freddie as his face goes, what are you talking about? I'm not interested in this anymore, you know, and then you see him kind of get to cart- cartoonishly uh, so uh, cartoonishly shocked. Yeah. shocked by it and i think that's the great thing about terry moore is he knows when to do that cartoonish kind of like right face on it um but then i think the other scene that i think is really is really good in it and it is so 90s and it feels so like from that era is the david meeting kachu right like that the museum at the museum, that whole piece, and then they're out in the rain. Uh, it feels so like it, like is so cinematic. Mm-hmm. Um, Five hundred days of summer. Mm-hmm. If you want to do like a more modern, uh, you know, I'm not the person you think I am. I can't be that person, Josh. <laughs> right, but it, but it's such a great. It feels so like oh. That is either an incredible influence of so many things after it, or it is just a time capsule. Like I said, it's in the zeitgeist of how we were telling stories <laughs> mm-hmm. and how we were going to tell stories around there. Um, but man, it because you don't get a... you don't get this vibe much anymore. I think no. I mean, there are romance. I mean, it's, it's probably an indie comics that you and I aren't reading, right? Because yeah. we're they're again outside of our. Outside of our no, but they realm of- but as we were talking about, they pulled this like this type of storytelling into the mainstream for a little bit, or at least yeah. in, in Miramax indie films, and then in yeah. some sitcoms and stuff like that. But then you just you don't you don't see it in the zeitgeist as much, where this kind of yeah. dark romantic comedy that is very youthful but very counterculture. Um, I guess like you just don't see a lot of counterculture. Well, is there is does counterculture exist because there is no mass culture anymore? If right. you if we want to really get deep in it, there's no I don't think there's mass culture, so I don't know that you can be counterculture anymore. Yeah, that's true. Because everybody's culture is counterculture, that's right? True. Like everybody's everybody's nugget is their thing. Yeah. Um, well, so I, let's like, talk about let's talk about the art in this. Do you want to yeah. you want to switch over I, to art? I'll I mean, let you yeah, take we've, first swings. Better. Yeah, we've 
we've talked about it several times that you and I have mentioned in this quick conversation that Terry Moore is a fantastic cartoonist. I don't, I don't know how to say it other than, than that. And I don't mean cartoony to be uh, derogatory or a knock on his art. It, that's what it is. It feels Sunday comic strip, but in a, mo- in a like modern being, it doesn't look like, you know, um, family circle. Right. Right. But it still feels very comic strippy. He does black and white in his he sparse backgrounds, spark background. He doesn't do a lot of like a lot of dark shadows. So when he uses black Mm -hmm. ink, it's very intentional. There is not there's no cross hatching on anybody's face. There's no shadows like that. I would describe that use of those when he does use those heavy blacks. it, It is it gives it such a pulp vibe. It does. And it's such a, and it is, it's really designed to kind of break up the panel. Um, And I I think the one thing, and we we talked about it when we read Motor Girl before, is that, I mean, Terry Moore's female characters all look very similar, right? Um, But that's why, you know, Francine is a brunette and, you know, Kachu is a blonde. One has bangs, one doesn't. But otherwise, they're very sort of button nosed you know, characters, right? Um, and in soft, I don't know how to put that any other way, but like curvy in a way that's that he just he draws form very well. Yes, and and at times it is these some of these figures are, are like that's like a super sexy, right? And then yeah. other times you're like, oh, that is like crumb style, you know? Right. And I love. Oh, well, I'll talk about that when it's my favorite panel. He just does such a good job. And even like the, the um, Freddy is such a smarmy looking dude. The hair is just, yeah. it feels smarmy. The suit is like that. It, it's, it's checkered, mm-hmm. right? So it feels textured and his tie has those very like nineties. It's wide. Mm-hmm. Like he draws fashion very well. Um, it doesn't feel, you know, they have different outfits every time you, you see them. Um, he, does a really good job with create like making things feel real. And yeah, it, and you it, see that with the body weight too. Like as Francine goes on, like she loses that like that that thinness and curviness, what you expect from like a nineties female character in comics, and puts on weight. And in fact, in volume two, where I started, a whole thing of it is she's just a lot bigger. Uh, and I think she stays that way. I'm sure it's probably a, 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 throughout the whole series over the decades. It's it's in and out as far as that. I'm sure it's an issue that the character is dealing with in the book. But there's a sense of, hey, I'm not just going to draw Betty and, hot Betty and Veronica for the entire series. They're going to go through like real changes in like their body types and their looks yeah. and their fashion. And- he just does. I mean, every time you see Freddie, he's in a different suit. It doesn't feel stock. He does a really good job with clothes and fashion. And I think that that's something that you don't get a lot in when, as we read superhero comics, Superman's always in the same thing. And because this is black and white, he has to do um, design to make it look different. So he's not in a white suit all the time. He's not in a black suit all the time. Yeah. If you, you want to fit, if you want a, a classic example of how he draws women, the same go to the scene where Kachu uh, confronts the uh, hooker in uh, Freddie's room. And you're <laughs> like, which one's Kachu? Which one's the hooker here? I don't, I it's hard to tell. <laughs> he, he just does a, it's a very, you know, it, he, but he's, 
but man, he does it. He does good stuff. He does good stuff. I really enjoy the art and it's fun to go read a black and white comic. I don't think this would feel the same if it were colored. Yeah. It, well, you know, I, 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 in reading it, I was like, oh man, this is there's something about reading black and white in print. It just kind of uh -huh. makes the blacks and, and whites pop. I, I think yeah. uh, that I, I wouldn't have mind having this volume in my hand. Yeah. I, I'm I'm curious. To see, I'm, I'm going to go read volume two, and I'm sure there's an omnibus sort of collection of like a couple of them where it would be fun to have on a shelf and right. you know flip through every once in a while. Um, so let's let's talk uh, favorite panels. What's your what's your favorite panel? What's the? Uh, I marked it here. All right, uh, mine is one in the jail scene. Uh, Who is you... it? When she's pulling back his nose? Yeah, it's when she's pulling back his yeah. nose. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, oh, why didn't, isn't the bookmark popping up now? Oh. Yes, but that's exactly it. So Kachu gets put into uh, the, the who's cow. Who's cow? The whole uh, cell? The who's yeah. cow? Yeah. And uh, there is, again, talk about like, like deeper issues. There's this guard who basically is sexually, assault is sexually assaulting her. And yeah. um, when she gets out, she, she attacks him. And there is, again, we see that flip that we were talking about where it becomes very boing. And it's just yeah. kind of, it's just more, uh, I like going from the sweet to the grotesque. And he does that really well from panel to panel where it's like, he hey, does, we're yeah. normal. And then the next panel, he's got, she's, Kachu's got his nose pulled back. He's screaming. There's some great word balloons. You get the sense that there's a cacophony of sound in there, some dark yeah. shadows. So it brings in a lot of the stuff that he does well. Yeah. Um, I, there's one scene and we had talked about it before. Two of my favorite things are, are the sort of like, uh, David and Kachu and then the sort of Francine bookending the way that she's with it. Um, so for me, there's an issue where they're in the coffee shop and it's David and Kachu and they're in the coffee shop. Kachu has this very nineties blazer on, right? It's this very sort of, she's wearing this night. It's this checkered blazer. It's on. If I'm, I know what scene you're talking about. I just got to find it. Page twenty in the digital this is reader, where she tells him, "Like, hey, I'm not, I'm not your I, girl. I'll never ever be your baby, your mother, or your love pocket. And if you ever lie to me, that's right, I'll love pocket. Balls. I forgot your, about your, it. Your, I'll feed your balls to my cat." And she's yelling it, and it's just that character is drawn over and over again as that the sort of that again that manic pixie dream girl. And then that scene, she's like her hair is everywhere. It's again when he takes that step and goes, "No, oh, this is a comic. I can, I can exaggerate any scene I want." that you would never see in film, right? Like you wouldn't see this in film. This would be the, you know, you could do that in film, but it wouldn't have the impact of her hair kind of blown back and her just being big and yelling like that. And the face is fantastic. Um, Possessed by her own emotion. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But those two, those two storylines are really my, my favorite thing in these two volumes. And I guess those are the main storylines of, of this, of this issue, but, but the sort of, you know, David falling and just going like, I don't even know if he's falling in love with her. It's hard. Like, or does he just want to be in her, yeah, in her, her stratosphere? Orbit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that's, what's kind of cool about it. And I, I don't know how real that is. Um, but that's kind of what I'm interested in to see with this character go, go on. Cause yeah. obviously yeah. they're going to be like changing their affections for each other and things as the series goes on. So who would you recommend yeah. Who who else would you recommend to dip their toes back into 1993 just, with this? I think if you if you're a, like you and I kind of missed the boat as young adults, 
to catch those movies. Like, have I seen singles? Yes. Have I seen, you know, those things, but I saw them originally as probably too young for them. Right. Um, but things that I loved cause I caught them right at the right time were, you know, um, the clerks and, uh, mall rats, those like mall rats is a seminal, film in my in my youth right and so i think if you like those moments and those things um or even if you enjoyed if you wish friends were just a little less um if you watch it is more ed- if it was edgier a little edgier yeah if friends were a little edgier that's it feels very much like that and i think if you enjoy those pieces of media yeah if if friends that, was directed by cameron pro it would be this right it would be this book it would be right. Like yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't think of another way. I mean, what is friends if not like a thousand love triangles over and over and over again with exaggerated moments where, you know, but this is just a little edgier. Right. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, so I think anybody who wants a story like that, if you want something, you're not into superhero comics, but you're like, I want to, I want to test this medium. I kind of wish like we didn't have a guest on for this episode, but I think Gabby would have really enjoyed. I was this. thinking I about think... doing that. I was like, uh, I don't want to give. She's busy. I don't want to give her an assignment. But it, the length of it and the the issues in it would have been perfect. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. Um, so I I also recommend it. Uh, Valentine's Day is coming up in like a yeah. week or so. Uh, if you have someone who likes to read or is like a little bit, I'm gonna use that forbidden word that we don't use anymore counterculture or like you like comics but they you like you're mostly reading superhero comics so like your your better half is like i don't know see what you have in comics but hey listen i got you this you don't have to read it it's a i'm sure there's a pretty i'm sure there's like a hard copy beautiful volume out i mean it's it's a quick it's a quick fun read right yeah I mean, I read it in one night, but really, if you just did an issue a night, you can here, do here you do. Here's, what I, here's what I want you to do. Bring it down. Turn yeah. the slides down. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I want you to get home from work maybe an hour before your significant half. I want you to prepare a nice dinner and do that. But after dinner, I want you to go upstairs. Okay? Stumble around the stairs with your drunk wife. And upstairs is a warm bubble bath. Okay. And on that yeah. bubble bath is one of those bath boards where you can put the book, yeah. you know? Yeah. And sitting on that bath board surrounded by candles and rose petals is the opening it's issue to Strangers, strangers in Fiction. Strangers in Fiction. Don't get Strangers in Fiction. No. And you sit down and you, you drink a glass of wine and you read it and you turn the pages together and it gets a conversation going. And some of the sexy <laughs> images, maybe they get some other things going. And before you know it, things are, are a lot stranger than fiction. Things are as kinky, uh, kinkier than paradise. <laughs> I don't know. I lost the image. You had, Go you out and buy the book. <laughs> it, was, it was good. I really enjoyed it. So folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you can find episodes over at comicexposure.com. Uh, you can find us on your favorite podcast app, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify. Find it, subscribe to it, like it, share it with your friends. Go get this book. Uh, I mean, Travis and I usually just read everything digitally now. So I do believe this was just on, wasn't just Kindle Unlimited. So if you have Kindle mm-hmm. Unlimited, you can read it for free. So check it out. Uh, you're paying Jeff Bezos. You might as well get some good books out of it. 
Uh, so check it out. Yeah. Everybody. You know what? Pair it with some Alanis Morissette. Put some Alanis Morissette on the background. Oh, God. Yes. Yeah, yeah, or some yeah. Fio- if you want to go a little, some Fiona yes. Apple, maybe. Yes. This is more Fiona Apple. Very good. Yeah. Good call. A little, good little call. shadow boxer while you read it. That yeah. might work. And next, um, next episode, Josh and I, we have a special Valentine's Day. A special variant. Valentine's Day episode. It's, it's going to be great. all about love <laughs> in the comic book universe. But this, this is that, this is a love month, man. So we talked, month. we talked love story and now love we're going to, our baby. Variant, all right thanks for tuning in folks we'll see you next trade